Blog Talk Radio. If you enjoy mining for gold and silver out of God's holy word, you're going to love A Sheep Speaks with Denise Jeter. A Sheep Speaks combines great Bible truths you might not hear anywhere else with nuts and bolts testimonies of how these truths can be applied to your life. A Sheep Speaks with Denise Jeter starts now. Good morning. In today's message, we will see how to obtain faith, how faith can literally save your life, and how to not doubt or stagger at the promises of God, but instead claim these promises for yourself and for your loved ones. This message is titled By Faith, and the subtitle is The Faith That Can Save Your Life. You know, your faith can literally save your life, and we see examples of that in Scripture over and over again. So this is not something we should take lightly. We should uh, heed what the Word of God says about how to obtain faith, how to keep our faith strong. We should read about the examples we have in the Scripture that the Lord has written for our learning and for our admonition. And we started, our starting place this morning is in Hebrews 11.6, and it's just talking about Abraham. And it says that, But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And when I say this is talking about Abraham, he is one of our examples this morning who did believe God and who did diligently seek him. But I want to read that scripture again. It's out of Hebrews eleven six, And of course, we know that Hebrews 11 is called the faith chapter or the, uh, you know, the hall of fame of faith. Amen. But without faith, it is impossible to please God. You know, it doesn't say that it's hard to please God without faith or it's uh, hard, you know, difficult or any of that. It says it's impossible, literally impossible to please God if you don't have faith. And we'll see the reasons for that as we go forward this morning. But it also says he that comes to God must believe that he is, in other words, that God exists and he's who he says he is. And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You know, if we don't believe the promises of God and we don't believe the commandments of God, we're not going to obey God. So that's one reason it is impossible to please God without faith, because you're not going to believe him. So why would you obey him? Someone you don't know, especially if the obedience he's calling for is hard. And so uh, we're going to look at some of the benefits of faith. Uh, You know, faith, like I said before, can literally save your life. Uh, And faith, we have examples in in the book of Daniel and so many other books. But in this story of Daniel that we're going to start reading as our example this morning, the beginning of this story, uh, which I'm not reading all the verses, is where uh, some of the leaders in the area were jealous of Daniel because he had a high position and they were trying to find fault with Daniel. And they finally realized he was so upright and he did things in such a wonderful way that if they were going to find fault with Daniel, they were going to have to find fault in his faith. And so they convinced by, you know, uh, deception, they convinced the king to make an edict that no man could pray to any other God except for the king or ask a petition of any other God except for the king for 30 days. And if they did that, if anyone did that, they would be thrown into the lion's den. So through deception, 
they got the king to issue this edict because the king would have never done this had he known it would have affected Daniel because Daniel was a friend of his. And so we see, we pick up our story in Daniel six sixteen, and it says, Then the king commanded, and they brought Daniel and cast him into the lion's den. So what happened was Daniel did not obey the edict of the government. You know, we're supposed to obey the government as long as the government does not, their rules do not cause us to disobey God. But if it comes down to where the government's rules cause you to disobey God, then God takes the preeminence. In other words, like the disciples said one time, they said, should we obey man rather than God? No, the answer is never, ever, never. We are to obey God. We are to obey the commandments of the government and their rules and their laws as long as they don't cause us to disobey God. And so that's where we're starting off at. So like I said, Daniel Uh, He did not obey that commandment. He continued to pray three times a day in front of an open window uh, to his God like he had always done. And, of course, these three men who tried to, you know, wanted out of jealousy, wanted to have Daniel removed from his position, they went to the king and gave report that Daniel was still praying even though the edict said not to. And so that's where we pick up our story in Daniel 6.16. It says, the king commanded, and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. Now the king spake and said unto Daniel, thy God, whom thou servest continually, he will deliver thee. So the king had heard about Daniel's God. And once he found out what was going to happen to Daniel, he was very sorry for the the, uh, edict he had you know, given, but it was a rule in those days that once a king gave his edict, it could not be reversed, even by the king himself. And so he had no choice but to allow them to throw Daniel into the lion's den. But he said, thy God, whom thou servest continually, he will deliver thee. And so the king even knew that Daniel served his God continually. And we'll see in later, uh, in later verses that that's what saved his life. And then in Daniel six seventeen it says, And then a stone was brought and um, laid upon the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet and with the signet of his lords, and so that the purposes might not be changed concerning Daniel. Then the king went to his palace and passed the night fasting neither were instruments of music brought before him and his sleep went from him so he had a sleepless miserable night i'm sure tossing and turning and worrying about daniel his friend whom he had unbeknownst to him uh, pronounced this edict against his friend and so have you ever had a sleepless night i know i had a lot of them i've had a lot of them and a lot of times it's the lord Uh, You know, sometimes we think it might be indigestion or it might be a bad lumpy mattress or it might be this or that. But a lot of times it's the Lord. And so after many nights of sleeplessness, I finally realized this and I began to say sort of like they did in the Bible, Lord, I hear you speak, Lord, because uh, sometimes he's the only place that we can get peace and he's the only place we can get get the answer for our sleeplessness. If he's keeping keeping us awake to speak to us, we won't be able to sleep, you know, whether we toss or turn or lay in the bed for three or four hours or not, because the Lord wants our attention 
he sometimes does speak in the wee hours of the morning. So this is what ha- was happening to the king. He says his sleep went from him. Then the king arose very early in the morning and went in haste unto the den of lions. And when he came to the den, he cried with a lamentable voice unto Daniel and said, The king spake and said unto Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God whom thou servest continually able to deliver thee from the lions? So we see that's the second time that uh, it says in these few verses that Daniel served the Lord continually. You know, he didn't just serve the Lord on Sunday morning at 11 to 12. He didn't just serve the Lord when he was in trouble. Uh, He served the Lord continually. And that, once again, that's one reason why he was delivered from these lions. And then said Daniel, so we need to stop right there. If Daniel had not been saved by the Lord, Daniel wouldn't have been saying anything. He would have been dead. But it says, as the, after the king spoke to him, it says, Then said Daniel unto the king, O king, live forever. My God hath sent his angel and hath shut the lion's mouth, that they have not hurt me, forasmuch as before him innocency was found in me, and also before thee, O king, have I done no hurt. So Daniel said, I had a clear conscience before God and man. And because of that, and because I serve the Lord continually, he has shut the lion's mouth and saved me. Amen. Isn't that wonderful? And then the king was exceedingly glad for him and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the lion's den. So Daniel was taken up out of the lion's den and no manner of hurt was found upon him. And then we're going to see the next word is because. And it says, because he believed in his God. So all this that we've read before can be summed up in that one little word, because. It said, because he believed in his God. So that's what we're talking about, are the benefits of belief. And how belief can literally, your faith can literally save your life. You know, the Bible says that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so if he did this for Daniel, he'll do it for us today. It may not be a lion's den. It may be accusers coming against you. It may be any number of things. But if he did it for Daniel and he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, my friend, he can do it for you. And then I want to to let you know about uh, Hebrews 11, 11, and it talks about the fact uh, about it's talking about Abraham and Sarah. And if you know the story about Sarah and Abraham, you know, the Lord had promised Abraham a seed. And it was 25 years later before Sarah had Isaac. But they didn't know that. And so after this had been going on quite a few years, 10 or 15 years, uh, Sarah was still not pregnant. She still couldn't have any children. And so she gave um, her handmaiden to Abraham to have a child by her. And that's where Ishmael was born. But it says that in uh, after that, that the Lord still spoke to them and said, no, this is not the heir, Abraham. This is not the child I spoke to you of. You are going to have a child by Sarah. And so in Hebrews eleven eleven it says, through faith also, Sarah herself received strength 
to conceive seed. Now, it's where did she get this uh, ability to conceive seed? It says, through faith. Through faith, also, Sarah herself received strength. So the faith was like the conduit. You know, when we have electricity, we have to have some sort of a conduit for it to run through. And in order for Sarah, obviously, in this passage to get pregnant, there was some sort of conduit for the faith to flow through so that she could get pregnant. Because she'd been married already, remember, for at least 25 years. Probably, no, way longer than that. But it says this is the way she conceived. It says she received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age. There's that word again. Because, because she judged him faithful who had promised. So it's saying through faith, and because she judged him faithful who promised, which was God, that is the reason that she received the strength in her body. It said that was as much as dead. She was way beyond childbearing years. I think they believed Sarah was around 90 years old or something like that. So she had been beyond childbearing years for, for probably 50 years or 40 years. And uh, and so but anyway, it says that that's how she received that ability. And so it is important. You know, there was a time in Jesus's life when he went back to his hometown and it's even said that Jesus could not perform many miracles there because of their unbelief. Now, let that sink in for a second. This is the God in flesh on earth. And it said he could not do many miracles there because of their unbelief. So our faith is everything. It is our walk with God. It is our ability to receive promises. It is our ability to receive answers to our prayers. You know, in James it says, let not the double-minded man think he shall receive anything from the Lord. So it is our faith that matters. And so many times Jesus told people who were needing a miracle he says it shall be done to you according to your faith and i can attest to this now this may sound a little hocus pocus but it happened to me so i know it's true there was a lady uh, in one of the churches i went to and she had stage four cancer and i felt very led to lay hands on her and pray you know the bible says if there's any sick among among you, let the elders come and anoint them with oil and lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That's what scripture says. So I was just going according to scripture, laying my hands on this lady and believing God for her that she would um, be healed. And uh, because if you take scripture literally, because it is literal, uh, and you have faith to believe it, if it's God's will, it will come to pass. So I laid my hands on this lady, and I literally could feel the Lord, the Lord allowed me to feel in my spirit as though it was a brick wall. In other words, he showed me in the spirit realm that she did not believe. She did not believe for one minute she was going to be healed. And so it was her lack of faith. Uh, that stopped God's hand. He just showed me that in the spirit realm. And I'm not saying that God's going to heal every single time in every situation. I'm not saying that's his will in every situation. I'm saying in this particular case, the Lord let me feel that there was no faith there and that she did not believe she would be healed. And he, and he says in his word that because of their lack of faith, even in his hometown, that he could do not many miracles. And so we see that your faith 
uh, is is very very important. And then uh, another time, this happened to me also. I went to a little hamburger stand near my house, and uh, I ordered a hamburger. No big deal. This is something we all do every day. And uh, and I felt uh, right after I had eaten it, I felt this strong salty rush in my mouth and I just knew somewhere in my being I knew that it was food poisoning and it was very strong uh it was just really bad and I just knew that it was going to be a really bad thing and uh but I had just heard I was a baby Christian and I had just heard uh someone teaching out of scripture that says you shall eat any poisonous thing and it shall not harm you so in my mind there was a battle going on my logic my reality said I have food poisoning, but my mind was bringing up the scripture that says you shall eat any poisonous thing and it shall not harm you. And so there's this war going on in my mind. And I, by God's grace, believe the scripture more than I believed what was happening to me. And lo and behold, immediately that salty taste went away and I had no more effects of that food poisoning. And I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, it was because God gave me the grace to believe his word over my circumstances. And I know this may sound like hocus pocus to some of you, but it is the truth. The Lord confirms it in his word over and over. You know, one man brought his son to the Lord to be healed and he was desperate. And the Lord said, if you know, and the man said to Jesus, if you can, please heal my son. And Jesus said, if I can, he said, if you can believe, I can heal him. And the man was still terrified because he was so desperate over his son. And it said he prayed to Jesus with tears. He said, I believe, Lord, help thou mine unbelief. You know, sometimes our prayer is so dire and so desperate, even if we think we believe there could be a tiny bit of unbelief. And that's what this man was afraid of. And so he told the Lord, he said, I believe, Lord, help thou mine unbelief. And God did heal his son. And the man received his promise because he believed God. And so we see this all throughout the Bible. And uh, and then the next portion of our scriptures are going to be talking about how to obtain this faith. Now, if this faith is so important, how in the world do we obtain it? We need it, especially in these last days. How do we get this faith? Well, it tells us how to receive it in Romans ten seventeen. Uh, actually, we're going to be looking at Romans ten thirteen through seventeen. But before we do that, we have to realize that it. We must be born again. The Bible says in John 3 that uh, you must be born again. You cannot see the kingdom of God if you're not born again. That's what Jesus said to Nicodemus. And so uh, if you're not born again, I invite you to agree with God that you're a sinner in need of a Savior and ask him to save your soul and be your Lord and Savior. Repent of your sins and ask him to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And the Bible says if we do that, that he is faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins and to cleanse us of all our unrighteousness. And so once you have that settled, then Romans ten thirteen through 17 is for you. And it says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then can they call on them in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? 
And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah saith, Lord, who hath believed our report? There's that word over and over again in our passage, believe. They must believe. Who hath believed our report? And then it tells us in verse 17, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so when we listen to Bible-believing Bible teaching preachers, when we read the word of God, that is how we obtain faith. I'll read it again, Romans ten seventeen. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So that's where you obtain faith. Once you've been born again, you can obtain faith by the word of God. The Bible says the word is a living word, and it can minister to your soul and deliver to your soul faith. And then we see in uh, Hebrews, we're not going to read these passages, but uh, it's recommended reading is Hebrews 11, because that's the hall of faith. It's like the hall of fame, except it's the hall of faith in the Bible, Hebrews 11. And it talks about how people obtained all their promises through faith. So I recommend that if you have time, you would read Hebrews 11 and see how many things people received by Because of their faith, by faith, amen, they obtained great things from God by faith. And then in Romans 4, 17 through 21, it talks about the fact that Abraham did not stagger at the promises of God. In other words, he didn't doubt, he didn't stumble, and he wasn't double-minded. He believed God. Romans 4.17, it says, As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. Now, he told them him this before he ever had a child. And before him, he believed even God who quickeneth the dead. So Abraham believed God because he knew he could even raise the dead. And he calleth those things which are not as though they were. So Sarah was barren. His wife, Abraham's wife, was barren. But God said she was going to have a son. And so he calls those things that are not as though they were. He can speak into your circumstances. You can say, I'm going to lose my job. I'm going to lose my apartment. I'm going to lose my wife, my husband. The list goes on and on. But God is able to speak into your situation uh, things that are not as though they were. And so we need to believe the impossible Uh, Believe God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And everything he did in the Old Testament, he can do in the New Testament. And he can do for you today. And then it's it's still talking about Abraham, and it says, Who against hope? In other words, he believed the impossible. There was no hope for him to uh, receive these things. Who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations. According to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. So he knew 
that he was too old to father a child. He knew she was too old to have a child, but it said he still didn't stagger at the promise because he believed that he who promised was able to perform it. And that's exactly what it says in verse 21. In verse 20, first of all, it says, He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, talking about God, what God had promised, he was able to perform. So because Abraham believed God, he received his miracle. He received his miracle child. And uh, we see some more. uh, We have many other examples. One of the examples was Paul when God told him he had to go to Rome. You know, God told Paul he was going to speak in Rome. And, of course, in order to get to Rome, he had to get on a ship. And if you know the story about the ship that uh, Paul got on in the book of Acts, chapter 27, you know that it looked like, well, actually, once again, all hope was gone. They got into this terrible storm, uh, and uh, they the ship was tossed. They went 14 days and 14 nights without seeing the sun, it said, and they threw all their tackling and all their, even their food overboard to try to lighten the ship. And then it says, uh, and when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. So there was no hope to be saved. And he says, but after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me and have not loosed from Crete and to have gained this harm and loss. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. For there stood by me this night an angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve. There's that key again, saying, Fear not, Paul. Thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God has given you all them that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer. Listen to this next uh, scripture. For I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. So Paul says, be of good cheer, for I believe God, and he's told me that none of us were going to lose our lives. And so we can count on God, and we can uh, hold on to his promises. Amen. And uh, as I wasn't able to to read out of Apples of Gold the last time we were together, I promised I would read two of the Apples of Gold, a devotional and rhyme, and I promised I would read two of the scriptures and two of the little poems that go along to make up for the last time. So that's what we're going to do. These readings are coming out of June the 2nd and June the 3rd out of the book, Apples of Gold, a devotional and rhyme. And the first one goes right along. Well, both of them actually go right along with our scripture today. Romans ten thirteen. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And then the poem goes, Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall find their place in heaven and receive their reward. But those who turn away from the grace of God shall never see his glory and never with him trod. Amen. Isn't that true today? Now, out of June 3rd, it's out of Romans 12, 1, and it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, 
holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. If you belong to Jesus, have given him your life, then serve him with gladness while avoiding this world's strife. It is your reasonable service to give your very best, and once you have done this, on his promises, you can rest. Amen. Don't you want to rest upon God's promises today? Don't you want to get rid of all that fear and anxiety and strife and contention that's in your heart? Well, the word of God can tell you exactly how to do that. And that is where you obtain this precious faith that can literally save your life and the life of your loved ones, by the way. And so we're going to be... Uh, we're going to be looking at um, the fact that there's a few things you can do to help my, uh, if this is ministered to you at all, I would appreciate it if you would like it, share it, and follow me here on uh, Blog Talk or whatever platform you're listening on. And uh, at, you can also go to my website at www.asheepspeaks.org, and there you can find my links to the Facebook, YouTube, and my contact in- and my contact information. I'm here almost every Tuesday, Thursday, Tuesday and Thursday at 11 a.m. And I am also available to sing, speak, or minister in gospel storytelling, which involves singing and speaking at any of your events or your ladies' events. And once again, I'd like to invite you to come back next Tuesday at 11 a.m. I'm right here. And my website is www.asheepspeaks.org. We have CDs. I have the book, Apples of Gold, A Devotional and Rhyme. Also, this book, Apples of Gold, A Devotional and Rhyme, is available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Zulon Press, and many other venues. My my website, again, is www.asheepspeaks.org. Thank you.